0: I mean, I I feel like the the Lord is really uh, driving a point home to us. So uh, before we get started, why don't we stand together and just, as we normally do, we just lift our hands and we just thank God. We just give Him some thanks. We enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And we're thankful today for so many things. Lord, we just give You honor and glory in this house. We thank You for Your mercy that's new every morning. We thank You for Your compassions that never fail. We thank you for the women that we call mother today. And just pray your blessings upon them. We thank you for your presence we feel t- this morning already. And I thank you for every soul that's here right now. Lord, just bless everything that's done today. Let's give him a hand clap and a shout of praise now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just want to move right on in through the gates into his courts. Get right on his property this morning so we can see what God's going to do. Amen. John chapter 9 verses 1 through 3 We're continuing on our walk in the gravel road to heaven And uh, I actually just rewrote most of this lesson today (laughs) It was good what was in there But just the Lord gave me a scripture uh, And just, just seemed to really be what would fit for us today So John chapter 9 verses 1 through 3 It says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. It's the only way he knew to live. His disciples asked him, say, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in Him. Our lesson today is simply this There is a story waiting to be told. There is a story waiting to be told. Let's pray one more time for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Let our ears be ready to hear what the Spirit would say, and let our hearts be good ground to receive it. We're going to praise you for it today as we become better more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give him a hand, clap, of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God. What a great God. Praise the Lord. There's a story waiting to be told. It Reminds me a lot of Sister Lois' lesson last week when she was talking about we're overcomers by the word of our testimony. And uh, like I said, as I was studying this, I just recognize so many similarities uh, and things that were just being uh, reiterated through this lesson that we have learned over the last few weeks, and um, that's something that uh, you and I need to understand as who we are for God's kingdom is that we have a story, and uh, you in any good story, if you like to read, I like to read. you know, fiction, I'll read some fiction, uh, mostly westerns if I do. If I read fiction, I'm reading Louis L'Amour. That's it. I mean, it's going to be, be that. But, um, you know, there's, there's a, a good story. It's not just all sunshine. There's a little rain in there. <laughs> you know, as bad as we hate it, sometimes our favorite character we get attached to goes through something. and may, uh, Sometimes they may even write them off. I have a hard time with that because <laughs> I, I, I get rid really, of these, these people become my friends. And you just killed my favorite character. It's, it's tough sometimes. But, but in our lives, there's so many things that are right in our story. We mentioned about how that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's, uh, he's, you know, he's, he doesn't just make up a rough draft. You know, he's got the story down. And uh, we live in the years of that story. It's uh, a writing. I I was thinking of this uh, earlier. I know that oftentimes we look at uh, when, you know, why does something bad have to happen to somebody that's good? And and why? Often it's like, why did they have to die? And I I talk to the Lord a lot about that um, because as a pastor, you want to be able to comfort people in loss and, and, um, and he, he kind of revealed something to me today. Um, he said, when a, a person in the church, when a saint dies, he said, it's not the end of them. When they take their last breath, that's, when, that's the publishing of their story. It's uh, because there's a great cloud of witness. When we read in Hebrews chapter 11, it said, these all died. In, you know, the Scripture tells us these all died in faith. And so these people that uh, the writer is talking about, Samson, Jephthah, and all these people, he said, I could tell you their stories because they're not here to tell them anymore. And, but there, there's a great cloud of witnesses, and now the the death of his saints is precious in his sight because it's, the cloud's getting a little bigger. He's going to say, well done, one more time. It's it's one more person who said, I finished my course. And and uh, now their story is ready to be published. And so when we lose someone that is precious in our life and is a saint of God, how many times we reference people that, oh, I mean, I talk about my pastor. He's gone. He's been gone from this earth for a while now, but I still tell his story. And we talk about some that were pioneers in our faith, things they suffered, and they're not here to tell it, so we tell it. We tell their story. They're they're not really gone. They're just part of that great cloud of witnesses. And uh, when we... Are living this life and going through things here. There's stories, chapters. It, the thing is, is it's not like uh, we've got to wait till the whole book's done to read it. We're telling it a chapter at a time. With every breath we take, with every day we live, uh, we're telling the story that God has written in in our life. And uh, there's a, a story related with our lesson. And uh, I would be surprised if anybody in here knew who R. H. Damon was. I know who that is? I didn't either. Um, and R.H. Uh, Damon. There was a man by the name of Gary Peterson. He was a retired journalist, and he collected World War, World War II artifacts. At a yard sale somewhere uh, years prior, he had bought a helmet, put it on a shelf to display. He loved World War II history and artifacts, so he kept that. Many years later, he was just In his library, he took the helmet down and decided to just look at it. You know, he hadn't really paid any attention to it since he set it up there. But when he looked inside the webbing, the initials R.H. Damon were in the webbing. So he wanted to know, who is R.H. Damon? Who was he? So he begins a search on the Internet, begins to uh, look in military records, different things, trying to find, and finds out that his name was actually Roger H. Damon. Uh, served in the military he had a son who lived in vermont and so he got a number and called this young man and he says starts the conversation don't hang up and he begins to tell him uh, what has happened who he was and all of a sudden the son interrupts him and says you found my dad's helmet his his dad and this is had been going on for decades they didn't know what had happened Uh, On June the 6th, 1944, R.H. Damon was uh, among the bravest and finest of Americans. I'm just going to read straight from the story here. He landed on Utah Beach during the invasion of Normandy. He survived that day and went on to France, and sometimes later, he became a major. He was scheduled to return home from Berlin, had his duffel bag packed, but right before he was to leave, he was killed. All his possessions arrived home except for his helmet. And 66 years later, the mystery was solved when Gary Peterson decided to look inside that helmet and realize and find out who R.H. Damon was. And um, he actually took the helmet and delivered it in person to the man's son so he could express his gratitude uh, of a grateful nation for a man who had sacrificed and gave his life and paid that price on that, on that battlefield uh, so long ago. There was a story waiting to be told and uh, just knowing having that helmet didn't tell the story seeing the initials inside didn't tell the story uh there had to be somebody that could tell what had happened and and what an appreciation came over the the man who had the helmet because he was very uh, patriotic and he said I want to express express my gratitude for the price that was paid I, Uh, for this man who wore this helmet, what he did, how he walked away from his family and went to a a foreign place to to fight for for liberty and freedom uh, of another country. And so uh, with that, I begin to think about, you know, there's a lot of things when we walk with God that are are similar to this story. And first of all, when you decide, hey, I'm going to live for God, man, I'm going to walk and I'm going to live with God, then you better get ready and understand that it, most days it never seems like God is in a hurry about anything. He, hey, it, maybe that's, maybe that's a part of being the eternal God. He's never in a hurry about anything. Sometimes he does a quick work, but our time and his time is never the same. I mean, when you look in Scripture, you wonder, Why? did Israel have to stay 430 years? Moses couldn't have been born a little bit before that, 430 years in Egypt and slavery and bondage, crying out. And, and then, uh, you know, why did it take Moses 40 years before he came back? Why 40? Why? And then why not just take them through the short route? to get to the promised land, then maybe nobody would have you know, maybe if they just went right on, they were fired up, maybe that, but God knew all along because God he's never in a hurry uh, God can never be hurried. He is the master of timing, and the Moses that Israel needed would not have been the Moses they needed if he had not had forty years uh, doing what he was doing and and this four hundred and thirty years uh Israel. Uh, even in bondage, was growing and growing and growing to become. They went down 70 souls into Egypt, but came out millions of souls and came out uh, a great people. And to make that promise real that he gave to Abraham, they had to grow. And so uh, when we serve God and we we live for God, we, we need to understand that God is never in a hurry. This is not a short story. Man, it's a novel It is a work of a lifetime. So uh, we cannot just trust in God's actions. We've been talking about this lately, uh, not being focused on simply what God can do because His ability is never in question. He can do anything. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. But what we are uh, coming to now is learning about who He is. Uh, We we must uh, understand that... um, why this is happening. We want to know what he's doing in my life, not just what he can do, but what is he doing in me. I can't just trust in the actions, but because what he does sometimes, I don't understand it in the moment. And which is where we find these disciples is that when they see this man who was born blind from birth, so I don't know how old he was. He was of age because he was old enough to be, uh, interrogated by the Pharisees. His parents threw that off right away. He's of age. Ask him. We don't want to get tangled up in this. But when the disciples saw him, you know, they're like, uh, hey, who sinned? What's going on here? He sinned. His parents sinned. What, what sinned? And it's like that through the scripture that even those guys that were closest to him, that walked with him, uh, many times Jesus would say, are you also without understanding?" I believe it was Jake preaching just a week or so ago when it referred to the scripture where they wanted to call fire down out of heaven. He said, "You don't understand what spirit you're of," and he said, "You, you know you don't understand." And in John thirteen and seven, when Jesus was washing their feet, uh, Peter was like, "Lord, you mean you're going to wash, you know, my feet?" And Jesus said, "Well, what I'm doing right now, you don't understand. You don't know, but you will know." In other words, you don't understand what I'm doing right now. You don't get it, but you will know later. But Peter was adamant, you will never wash my feet. And listen, you'll cut your understanding off if you are ready to die on that point. Because just because I can't understand what God's doing, you just better let him do it. (laughs) Because he told Peter, he said, well, if I don't... wash your feet you don't have any part with me he said wash my head wash my head he said I just need to wash your feet but he was letting him know that if you cut off what I'm trying to do just because you don't understand it you're going to cut your part off with me we have got to trust God for who he is uh, he is our father. We are his children. He is our shepherd. We are his sheep. Right. He is our overseer. He's our Lord. He's our God. He's our Savior. We've got to understand who he is, not just what he can do. I don't have, I've always said this. I don't have to know why as long as I know there is a why. And so maybe I don't understand what you're doing right now, Lord, but I believe that I will. We used to sing about, like that. We'll understand it better by and by. We were content where we were as long as we knew that we're going to get there one day and God will reveal it. And so I, I, I do want understanding. I want understanding too, but I'm not going to quit God over my lack of understanding. That would have stopped a long time ago uh, because there are many times when I'm like, God, I don't understand what you're doing. And don't feel like you're backslid if you don't understand. There was a, a prophet, uh, Elisha, I believe it was, it? Uh, he had promised this widow she would have a child and she did and uh, she said don't lie to me when he started telling her about it I don't know but she got a child she was happy with it the child dies and so when she comes chasing after to find where he's at he tells his servant he said go find out what's going on he said because something's happening and the Lord's hid it from me but you're his prophet you're the one who spoke to Mary yeah but God don't have to tell you everything, <laughs> and oftentimes He won't because <laughs> He's going to see, well, you have faith. Are you going to do, do you trust Him enough that He can just do what needs to be done without you jumping ship? Right. Hello? Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen it. I've, I've watched this. As pastor, I've watched uh, Born Again for the Holy Ghost men and women, uh, just because they could not make sense of something and what God was doing, that they... They just walk away. They become a victim of circumstance they, they, because they didn't really know God. They were simply acquainted with his actions. That's the problem with falling in love with church services is that you never learn who he is. I put something on Facebook this morning. There's too many people that are always seeking his hands, but we rarely seek his face. We, we, we want the miracle. We want what he can do, but I want to know him as face to face. I want to I want to be able to uh, know who he is and 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 understand our relationship and and begin to trust him that he will do not just that he can do but that he will do. I, w- I want to make sure I am seeking him for who he is. But the disciples were in the same boat. They, What's going on here, Lord? It, you know, it's amazing. You see a guy that's blind. Well, he. He must have sinned bad. He was born that way. When did he do it? You know, the question itself is just ridiculous. But, uh, but, but it's that's the human side of that. We do that because uh, we often view the tragic as if it lacks any of God's will, His presence, or His purpose. Well, if it's tragic, somebody messed up. Why? Because good things or bad things shouldn't happen to good people. Hmm. Well, Job said, shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and shall we not receive evil? He didn't say we would get evil at the hand of the Lord. He just said, he was saying that our days, does that, you expect God to just be good to you all the time and he will be, but do you expect that living in this life you won't have bad days? You won't have evil days? Sure you will. The Lord's Gives the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, we understand that uh, uh, in these times that are tragic, uh, that's where we will learn about God, and that's where we will learn about what He's doing in our life. Jesus told Him, said, No, nobody's sin. Quit looking at this as something went wrong. He was born this way so that the works of God could be made manifest. We want to see He's got a story and he's a key part of a story that's going to be told, and, and he's on a journey uh, to learning who I am. Yeah. And so when you learn about who he is and how he acts and how he treats his people, if you learn that relationship, uh, if we would really if we would spend time reading uh, Psalm 23 and not just uh, read it at funerals, I mean, it would be really great yeah. because Psalm 23 is, is really great. Uh, it's it, not just for funerals, but it, well, that's like the number one scripture, but, but if in your walk you will learn the relationship of sheep and shepherd yes. and what he does and how he cares. and, and uh, Jesus said, it's very important because my sheep know my voice. Yes. And then I can hear, and it's not more about just uh, him ringing the dinner bell, but and what he's going to lay on the plate, it's about his concern, his care, his purpose for me and uh, so I have a story but the story a lot of people's story is being cut short it's, it's in a pile somewhere because they've stopped God from writing because they have turned and walked away uh, but friend if you are committed uh, or until you're committed to a lifelong relationship of walking with God what he does makes no sense that's you know we, we see it happen all the time. Well, if God was a God of love... You hear people come to you with it. Well, if he was really a loving God, why? Why, why are there wars? Why why do, do children get born with uh, birth defects? And, and, and why do we lose or why do we lose a job? Why did my house burn down? You know, during COVID, we were really uh, battling that because people who were, had lived for God for ages and saints of God just doing their best... Got COVID, went in the hospital and they died. And all these people were praying. God's heal them. Bring them. He's gonna raise them up. He's, he's a man of God, and he's a woman, she's a woman of God, and, and they died. But men and women of God, they pass away every day. It happens. Now there's stories being published. Because however they went out, I, I've said this recently, you will not die until God is through with your story. That's it. And so that's why Paul was like, I'm ready to be offered. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now I'm just waiting on the crown. I mean, that's it. He knew that if I'm going out of here, he could sense it. Maybe God had let him know it's coming. I don't know. But, but he knew that if this is it, I'm done. I don't, I don't see anything. He, he had no unction of what else to do. There's not another church to start. There's not another country to go to. I have done all that God brought me to do. And he was able to say, I'm going on to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. He was torn, you know. And uh, so we've got to, uh, but we don't understand that when we think our life of God is only made up of our services don't don't hey and you know I, I'm going to shout and I'm going to run and I'm going to worship and uh, and everyone and I want every service to be on fire and be alive and, and really be, but but friend that is the least of our walk with God ah oh, I'm telling you that that is the the least of it uh, because it, that will not that's not what s- saves you I've watched people shout and walk away I've watched them roll on the floor and walk away I've watched them preach and walk away. But it's people who know God and have a relationship with God that, that, uh, that go through that tragic stuff. Oh, the tragedy, that, that can't be of God. <sighs> tribulation worketh patience. What, what brings patience? Tribulation. Oh, I don't like tribulation. Can I get patience anywhere else? Is there any other category that I can get patience from? No. Tribulation worketh patience. And you know what the Bible says about patience? Let patience have her perfect work. You want everything to be complete? You're going to go through some tribulation because tribulation works patience. And patience, experience. You know what experience is? That's knowing about God, what God will do, who he is. Experience is not just knowing what he can do. It's knowing what he will do. Because it's knowing who he is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I've learned something about him in my trials and in my tribulation. I realize that I went through all this and I'm still here. I realize that I have fought and fought and fought, fought this battle and that battle. And yet, I find myself back in the house of God. Maybe, guess what? You're learning something about the Savior you serve. You're not just learning that he can uh, heal uh, the sick or raise the dead, but you're learning that He loves me and that he's a keeper. That he's going to listen to me and comfort me and help me and uh, make sure that I'm all right. Even when this world is falling apart. Because the world falling apart doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean that there's no presence of God in your life. Oh, tragic. It can't be God. Oftentimes it is. Uh, that many times it's where God begins to shape us and form us. You, th- you think Peter's experience of uh, denying God uh, three times didn't shape him? Why didn't he run? Why didn't he walk away? Why didn't he throw the keys back and say, here you can have it? Because he had learned something. That's why Jesus told him, said, follow me and I will make you. Fishers of men, I'm going to transform you into something. You know what they were doing along the way? They were getting rebuked and questioned. And if you don't think the Lord didn't roll his eyes at them guys, I, I'm sure, oh, my goodness. I don't know if any of you guys watched uh, that show, The Chosen, but I really enjoy uh, the way Jesus interacts with them guys. Cause he's just he'll he'll just say some things just looking at him like, but he was God manifesting the flesh. So yeah, he 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 probably laughed at him. If he got mad at him, I'm sure he laughed at him. If he got disappointed in him, I'm sure he could uh, tell a joke or listen to a joke or make fun of one of them for the way they eat or do something. I don't know, but you know, but but that's I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to turn you into something else, and so. Boy, it wasn't just, uh, here, just do this. Oh, you're doing good. You're just doing good. Why don't you have any understanding? Oh, you have little faith. Get behind me, Satan. I mean, come on. It was just, pap, pap, pap. But whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And you're learning something. That, hey, he loves me. He didn't. Hey, he didn't kick me out of the 12 because I said that. He didn't kick me out of the group because I did that. He's teaching me, so I'm learning something about him. He's long-suffering, he's patient, he's kind, he's merciful, he's compassionate, and uh, he never uh, gave them a a pass on what they were doing wrong. He just corrected them. And so let God correct you. Uh, Learn uh, that, hey, sometimes things happen, and you'll get through your tragedy. Uh, That knowledge of who God is, it will sustain you when bad things happen to good people, you won't throw in the towel. Right. You won't give up. You won't start questioning God because you realize that, hey, all things, even the bad stuff works together to good. Yeah. Them that love God. Right. And so we, we we learn something in our, our tragedy about who God is and what he does. Listen, God's always good. When somebody gets sick, God's still good, isn't he? It's easy to say amen as long as it's not in your house, isn't it? Oh, so-and-so, man, I heard they got, they got sick and they're, they're really struggling. But God's still good. Whew, all my people are doing good. They're fine. They're safe. You know, but, but what about when it comes to your house? Isn't he still good? Yeah, I don't understand this. You may not understand it now. We've had several in our, our midst in our congregation that have dealt with sickness and illness long time, years of it. Why hadn't God done this and done that? I don't know, but this is their story. And God's writing it. And, and people are having faith because of their story, whether you see it or not. Uh, um, you know, people like Brother Josh has gone through sickness since he was just 11, 11 years old and uh, just battled it, battled it on and off, back and forth. But, man, there's a lot of people who have been inspired by his endurance and his faith, and, and they see that he's continuing to just live for God, and they watch him. I watched him. Hey, if anything should motivate you to get off your seat and worship, is when you watch that young man walk down here and start doing that little shuffle. That ought to move you. You know, uh, my, my, my brother, he, he's been diabetic since he was eight years old. Or we ever came to the Lord, came to church, anything like that. But I've watched him since he's been in the church. I've watched him do without things that a lot of people take for granted. But people see that Will. They see that And they said, Why ain't God opened his eyes yet? Why ain't God? He's a healer. Why didn't he heal his eyes yet? I said because that's Will's story. Yeah. I said, and I don't know if he's gonna open his eyes or not. I don't know. I know he can. I said what I do know is that Will is the best version of the story that he can be right now. In God's hand. Just like, hey, why was this young man? He was born blind. Maybe he was, let's say, he was forty years old before Jesus come along. I don't know how old he was, but why did he have to uh, do with all out all the other stuff that everybody else did with? Why did they have, in them days they were blind? They would take them, sit them somewhere to beg and things like that. Why, 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 why? Because something's about to happen. He's going to be right here when I come by, and then his story is going to be written. And people are going to see, and people are going to learn about who I am, because it wasn't that cold conversation with the blind man. It turned from just the miracle to who it was that did the miracle. It didn't just stay with what happened. At first, it was uh, all the people around. Is this him? It looks like him. He said, "No, it's me." And so, what happened? Well, and he told him very mechanical. Uh, he said, uh, "He put clay on my eyes. Go wash the water. Come back seeing." Us. Okay, so now let's take him to the Pharisees. Hey, what's going on here? What happened? So he starts telling them. He told me a man named Jesus told me to do this. Go wash. You know, I come back seeing here we go. They they don't get it. Get his parents in here. Get his so they got his parents in there and they are like hey no, don't don't get us involved in this. He's old enough. Talk to him. So they come back again. Tell us what happened. Now listen, the man's story starts progressing. He starts telling them, listen, or almost teaching them. He's like, I don't know if this guy's a saint or a sinner. I have no idea. What I do know is I used to be blind, now I see. Now, God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And he begins to, has ever been told uh, that a man anywhere ever opened blinded eyes? And if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And, and you know, he's just telling them. And, they, boy, they get upset. Oh, you're born in sin, and you're going to teach us? But see, he starts examining. You know, his, look how his answer has grown because he's thinking now, hey, this must be a God thing. Yeah. Yeah. At first, he just said he's a prophet. Right. They asked him, he said, he's a prophet. But now he's like, if he were not of God, he couldn't do nothing right. because, matter of fact, thinking about all these Sabbath services, I ain't never heard nobody say that blinded eyes ever got opened. I'm seeing so something's going on here and well once they get tired of him they just kick him out it says they cast him out and guess what happens as soon as he's cast out Jesus finds him he says do you believe on the son of God well who is he that I might you have seen him and you're talking to him and he said I do believe and he said and he fell down and he worshipped him he was only able to worship him. He got the revelation of who the Son of God was through this miracle. If he had just stopped and just walked away and said, man, whatever, All I'm, I'm just glad I can see and I'm just going to go. That's what a lot of people do. They get the miracle and they say, I'm just going to live my life now. But instead, uh, he, he fell down and worshipped the Son of God. He, he got a greater understanding of who God was. And then he could worship him because he said, I don't know him. He said, who is he that I might worship him? He said, well, you see, you've see, you seen him and you're talking to him. So he falls down and he worships him. Now, he knows who he is. He knows what he's done. But all that, what he's done doesn't matter anymore. I'm just going to worship you. And so he, he's uh, learned something. And if we will go through all the stuff to get to that point, I promise you, Jesus is going to be there at the end of it. He, he didn't let him get cast out and then say, well, he's on his own now. God never does a miracle for it to just, and, and intends it to only be a miracle. I, I'm a, a firm believer in that. He never just says, Let me sprinkle a little miracle dust on them and, so their day will be better. Anytime He does something like that, it's so that we learn and understand who He is, that He is a giver, that He is merciful, that He is compassionate, that He is a high priest that we can touch with the feeling of our infirmities. He, he, he wants us to know who he is. Well, he loads me daily with benefits. Yeah, but that's so you'll realize who you serve yeah. so that you'll hang in here so your story can be told. And guess what? Now that guy's story's been told. You know, some, somebody in the world right now is reading from John 9. There's a preacher in a pulpit somewhere preaching about this man that was born blind from birth. His story is being told. Over and over and over and over, and that's the thing is we want that we want that real relationship with God. Yep. I, I, you know, I don't have a, a relationship with anybody at McDonald's. If I go to McDonald's, it's simply about what I can get. I'm not there to to say hey to the manager. I'm not there to greet anybody, shake their hand. I'm I'm there to get a, a hamburger and fries and a Coke and get on my way. I'm there for what I can get. And too many people are like that with the Lord. I'm here for what I can get. But, but I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I enter into his courts with praise. I want to I, I follow him and walk behind him so I can learn more about him because I do not want to walk away. I do not want to lose faith in him. I do not want to uh, question uh, uh, his actions because I don't understand him. You know, uh, you know why, despite me threatening it when I was a little kid, you know why I never ran away when I got in trouble? Because I knew that my mom and dad were there. I, regardless of how upset I was that I couldn't do this or couldn't have that or whatever. I knew they loved me. and I knew this was my shelter. I knew this was where I was fed. I knew this was where I was protected. I knew that. I knew them. And I knew that they loved me despite having to get on to me or me disappointing them or whatever. I knew still I could always come home. And that's what you learn about God is that, man, God loves you. And God's going to be there for you. And uh, when we make mistakes or when we don't understand something, we don't walk away because God doesn't want you to walk away. There's no scripture anywhere that says, hey, I want you to walk away from me when you mess up. But he just says, come unto me. <laughs> come, let's reason together. He's always about, if you mess up, come see me. If you make a mistake, come see me. Talk to me. If things get tough, talk to me. If you don't understand what's going on, talk to me. Just trust me. Oh, I... I, I Ooh, I trust you, Lord, when I feel them chill bumps, when I'm shouting and talking in tongues. I trust you. But well, What about when you don't feel him? Does that mean he's not there? Job said, I can't even perceive him. But I, there's one thing that I've learned, and I don't forget that he knows the way I take. God don't take his eyes off of you because you can't feel him. And sometimes God's good at hiding. It, it just... I'll just hide. I'm still here. He hides in plain. Well, he's invisible. I don't know how to word what I'm fixing to say. <laughs> However he does it, it's good because he's here now. But on the days that you don't feel him, he's there. You're like, there's no way he's here because I can't feel him. It ain't about what you can feel. It's about what's real. God's real. God's real. God's good. God's merciful. God's on your side. God's going to take care of you. And I know I'm getting close to winding down. So uh, we've got to remember that walking with God, uh, it's not always going to be quick. It's going to be long. It's going to be drawn out. And sometimes we're not going to understand why. But we've got to trust Him. Also, when we walk with God, we need to, you know, uh, there's a price. Just like the story of that helmet, uh, there was a price paid. Uh, to wear that helmet, to, to win that freedom. Freedom isn't free. It's not. Our liberty we, that God purchased, it wasn't free. It cost, it, it, we bought with a price. He purchased us with his blood, not silver and gold, but with his blood. There was a price paid. In, and you'll always, my parents taught me this, and we try to teach our kids this, that uh, you'll appreciate something better when you know the price is paid. And you always appreciate something better when you're the one paying the price. Uh, if you're the one that has to buy it, you're gonna take care of it. If, you know, if um, you know, it's uh, it's like that with anything. You know, when you realize that there was a price paid, that there was a sacrifice made, you're a little more appreciative of it. And just think, when he found out that this helmet didn't just belong to some recruit that lost it on the transport, but this helmet belonged to a young man who charged that beach with his friends and brothers dying right beside him with uh, bombs and people screaming and and just running forward no matter what just uh, to make sure and, and being part of the victory that was there just gave his you know put his life on the line made a sacrifice and just think he's holding the helmet of a, a young man who charged the beaches at Normandy. This wasn't just a helmet that came out of the the PX or something like that or wherever you get your quartermaster gave it to you or whatever and somebody, hey, I'm going to get a souvenir so he stole somebody's helmet. This was from a man who gave his life. How much more uh, appreciate what was going on here because of the story that was told. And, and, And that's what, when we realize what Jesus did for us to give us the life, why would I ever, why would I walk away? and he paid such a great price for me. Oh, I've had bad days. I've had days when they were bad because of nothing I did. I've had days that were bad because of what I did. But I have never had such a bad day that it made me think, I don't want to serve God anymore. I, I always reference David. And Honey, you can come on to the music because I'm, I'm going to run out of time before I get to the end of this. I know. But I think of David often that his story could have ended when he and Bathsheba had um, conceived that child. Of course, David, you know, had not only tried to cover it up, but then had her husband killed so that he could try to hide the fact of what was going on. Um, The child dies. And man, David is distraught. He's fasting. Praying because they, who knows what God will do. But the child dies. And you know, that could have just been, I think, if David had not known the type of God he served, but he learned something about God today because uh, he was afraid he was going to die after God knew about it. After the prophet told him, David, you're the man. But he said, But God's not going to kill you over this. But the child's going to die. There's going to be some consequences. But David realized that, man, this God I serve is merciful. So when you read Psalm 51, you realize that he's like, I'm sorry, but Lord, do not cast me away. I have messed up. Do not cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't, don't, don't let this be the end of my story. Not yet. Don't let it end like this. And so I've always tried to tell people through that, you you may feel like you mess up so bad that God will never be able to do anything with you again or you'll never be able to do anything that'll be pleasing to God. But the next child that David and Bathsheba had was Solomon. And it said, and the Lord loved Solomon. The Lord loved what David, who had just, Recently conspired to have a man killed and, you know, to cover up all the mess he had made. And he just made a mess of things right there, but he was still able to do something something that God loved. His story wasn't over yet, it was just waiting to be told. And so uh, this morning, I just want to encourage you that, that we may not understand why God sometimes pushes us to, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes he may ask you to leave a job. Walk away from friends or loved ones so you can get closer to him. Because if he sees things that are holding you back, he's going to always try to draw you. He told Abraham, he said, if you want this blessing, you'll have to get up and leave this land and go to a place that I tell you of. And so Abraham had to get up and leave by faith and just walk away so that he could become what God wanted him to become. We don't understand that sometimes, but if God ever asks you to leave anything, it's not to hurt you. It's to make you better because your story needs to be told. Let's let's stand together. Yeah, I need to close up right here because we're going to get ready. So again, you think about that that, um, that book of Hebrews, you read chapter 11. from Like 32 down through 38, you just start reading all the things they did, went through. And it was all so they could be part of verse 1 of the next chapter. Seeing where it can pass about with such a great cloud of witnesses. You know, all these stories. He said, we've got plenty of witnesses that God... Cares that God loves, that God comes through, so we need to do our part and lay aside sins and weight that will just easily knock us off track. Just get rid of those things. If the Lord tarries and I leave this earth by way of the grave, I want to go to that cloud. I want to be part of we always talk about things getting uploaded to the cloud, well, upload me to the cloud. this is in the cloud it's there so put me in the cloud Lord that's where you'll find all my story that's where you'll find out everything you need to know about me I don't want to be be part of the crowd I want to be part of the cloud I want to to be part of that great cloud of witnesses I I, I want to be part of that multitude that no man could number that was singing praises to the Lamb that John saw that's where I want my story to end I want my story to end with well done good and faithful servant that's where I want it to end so so let's remember that your story is waiting to be told whatever you're going through right now it's a chapter it ain't the end of the book God's not done with you yet let's lift our hands and pray together Lord we love you and thank you that you're writing our stories Father we thank you for being faithful keeping us and watching over us I pray that Lord, we will just seek your face and learn more about you as we go through every situation, through every day, good times, bad times, God, that we'll see, Lord, what you're doing in it. Lord, help us, God, not to just be caught up with what you can do. But, Lord, let us begin to seek you and know what you will do. Let us know more about you, Father. We praise you, we love you, we thank you. Bless us all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap this morning. Your story's not over. It's not over. It's just waiting to be told. God bless you. All right, let's find a place to pray before the next service. We're going to uh, have some worship. We're going to honor our mothers. And then we're going to hear from Sister Lois. We're so excited about it. Glad to have her family with us today. And let's just get ready to have some good church. Amen.